Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today to the JTP Church Podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message. If you want to share with us what God is doing in your life, you can write us at hello at jtp.church. If you would like to partner with us and make a financial gift to our ministry, you can visit us at www.jtp.church and make a donation. Now sit back and enjoy the message. I was thinking about being thankful, closing off this Thanksgiving week, back when I was in FIU. And I remember one of my semesters, I took a course called QMB 3200. I don't know if any of you guys here took it. Application of Quantitative Methods in Business. The first day of class, I went into QMB. There was this Pakistan professor. I remember that class so vividly because I hated it. <laughs> I couldn't stand it. I just had finished my sophomore year, and I was on scholarship. I lost my scholarship because of this class. Not just because of the class, but there were so many things going on. I was at that time very involved in different bands that we had in the church. I was taking my first accounting class in college, so it was, it was really difficult, really hard. I had two Gordon Rule classes, which are the ones that you have to write papers for. It all bunched up. And I had this guy. I don't, I don't even remember his name. I tried to look him up this weekend, but I, I couldn't find him. I don't know if he's still there, but... We would go in, and first of all, I couldn't understand his accent. And he goes, I want, you, I want you to open your mind. He would give us these special assignments that were not in the syllabus. And I didn't like them because he would make you think outside the box. He goes, I want you guys to understand and learn how to problem solve. I dropped that class so fast, like I dropped sin after meeting Jesus. I mean, I just dropped it quick. That's when I lost the scholarship. Thinking outside the box, you know, this guy, his class was focused on that. He wanted to get his students to think outside the box. I think that even some corporations, we hear about Taco Bell, right? And they had this whole promotion and marketing idea about thinking outside the bun. Most people, when they're hungry, they think burger, right? Uh, McDonald's and stuff. This whole marketing idea was trying to get people to think outside the bun. It's not just burgers. You could have tacos too, right? And it was very successful to them. So, You know, I was thinking a little bit about this, thinking outside the box. It means different ways of approaching a problem, right? Innovative ways. It talks about conceptualizing problems differently, right? Seeing different angles or how to solve something that's not so obvious to the majority. And understanding your position in relation to any particular situation in a way that you never thought of before. So today, based on that concept, I want to speak to you a little bit about thank outside the box. Thanks, since we're in the Thanksgiving week, so I want to challenge you, and I want you to put your hand around somebody that's close to you and tell them, get ready to be challenged. Sometimes we're challenged as business owners or as young adults or as married couples to think outside the box, find solutions to different problems and not the most obvious solutions. You know, I want you to let the Holy Spirit minister to your life to be thankful in a way that the majority is not thankful. Amen? And to do that, I want to share with you three verses. We're going to talk about somebody in the Bible that was extremely thankful. And we're going to share some stories as well. I pray that the Holy Spirit will teach you today and help you be thankful the way God wants you to be thankful. Amen? Because Jesus was an outside-the-box type of guy or not. I read the miracles that Jesus would do. And even a miracle is outside the box or not. But even in the working miracles, Jesus would blow your mind because he would kill one guy one way and he would heal the same condition a totally different way. So Jesus was outside the box. And as children of God, we need to be outside the box type of people. All right. 
So challenge the person next to you and tell them we need to be outside the box type of people. If we are to be more like Jesus, we need to be outside the box people. So having said that, go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, and we're going to start with this first section. And we come to a verse that many of us probably have read in the past. And it says something interesting. And right off the bat, it encourages us to be thankful in a way that is different. It says, in everything, give thanks. I mean, those are four words, but they're confrontational. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Everybody say, for me. It's talking to the reader and us as we're reading this. It's challenging us. It's telling us that in everything we should give thanks. I mean, not everything that happens in life is good. Am I the only one that goes through struggles? We all go through situations that we don't understand. But God's not putting a footnote here. He's not making exceptions. As a matter of fact, 1 Thessalonians 5.18 ends with a period. There's no comma. There's no colon. He says, in everything, give thanks because that is God's will for your life. This is pretty extreme, and I think that we could classify this as thinking, or thanking, better said, outside the box. Raise your hand if you thanked God for your family this week. Raise your hand if you thanked God before you ate that turkey. Okay. Raise your hand the last time you thanked God for a family member that passed away. Thank you, God, because... I no longer have this person with me. You see, it's not that many hands. Because sometimes you don't understand. It's a situation that you're not used to giving thanks for. But here it says, give thanks to God for everything. Because sometimes you don't understand why things happen in life. You see, sometimes our mind is, we're very focused in small things. or in, We could just see what's going on around us, but God has the bigger picture. Right? He sees things and... If you're a person of faith, you know that God is working all things for the good of those who love God. And God is working even in the midst when you see things that are not going your way or things that appear to be bad. You know what? Give God thanks. The reason why we need to be grateful, and we're going to read the story of Job in just a bit, but the reason why we need to be grateful in all things or in everything is because this life is a gift. Man, if you woke up today and you opened your eyes and you are alive and you're breathing it is an opportunity. God gave you 24 hours to give you hope to overcome whatever you're going through, to give you strength to overcome whatever problems are tackling you or that you're encountering. Life is a blessing. How many say amen? And you need to be thankful just for the fact that you opened your eyes. Look at this guy. Look what happened to Job chapter 1. We're going to read verse 1 through 3, and then we're going to skip to 13. So there was a man in the land of us whose name was Job, and this man was blameless and upright, and one who feared God and shunned evil. And seven sons and three daughters were born to him. Also his possessions were 7,000 sheep. Everybody say he was, he was wealthy. 7,000 sheep. How do you take care of that? How much poop do 7,000 sheep? And it wasn't just the 7,000 sheep. 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen. 500 female donkeys, and a very large household, so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. This guy was super mighty, super wealthy. But in verse 13, we read that something happened to him. He was blameless. He was a man of God. But 
like we've said before, sometimes bad things happen to good people or what could appear to be bad. So this guy, there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking. I'm in verse 13. They're drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, and a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them when the Sabians raided them and they took them away. Indeed, they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Bad news. Everybody say bad news. This is not too good of a news to receive. But then it says here that while the servant was still speaking, another servant came and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up all your sheep and all the servants and consumed them, and I only have escaped to tell you. While this guy was still speaking, another one came and said, The Chaldeans formed three bands, and they raided the camels and took them away, yes, and killed all your servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, you guys got the picture? You see the pattern here? One did not finish speaking when another servant starts telling him about all the bad stuff that happened. And another servant, and now we're already by what? The fourth servant. Another one came and he said, your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house and it fell on the young people and they are dead. All your kids are dead. That's a big blow. And it struck the four corners of the house. I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job arose. He tore his robe and shaved his head and he fell to the ground and he did what? He worshiped. What was he doing? God, I don't understand. This is the worst day of my life. I don't get it. I've done all the things right. He could have questioned. How many times have we questioned God for far much less that has happened to us? But I think Job was applying 1 Thessalonians 5.18. He was thanking God in everything. And this was part of everything. When we think about everything, we think about all the good things that God gives us. Yeah, I thank God for the raise that I got last week. I thank God for my husband. I thank God for my girlfriend. I thank God for this, for all the good things that he's doing in my life. I thank God for the puppy that I got last Christmas. I thank God, and we thank God for all the good things. But what about the challenges? What about the things that we don't understand? And I love this because this is, this is what God wants us to do. And this is what a person that trusts God 100% does. So when he heard news after news after news, four servants coming and telling him, look, this happened, this happened. You just lost your kids. You just lost all your money. You lost all your servants. You lost all your cattle, which is where he would make his money. And all of a sudden, he just falls, and the Bible says that he worshiped. Listen to his words. Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And it continues saying, In all this, Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. I'm wondering if there are any Job's left in South Florida. You know, this is, you need to know God. You need to be tight with God to trust him in the midst of something like this. This is tough. You know, sometimes for something much, much less, for something insignificant, we start questioning God. So if you want to be thankful, if you want to thank outside the box, not like normal people do, 
but like true Christians and two people that understand and that know their God personally, then you know what? You're going to thank God in everything, even in the things that you don't understand. Because one thing's for sure, even in the things that you don't understand, you can know for certain that God is moving. Come on, help me preach. Tell somebody next to you, God is moving even in the areas of your life that you don't understand. In the craziness that's happening in your life, the stuff that's out of control, the stuff that you can't handle, that you don't know where, what to move, where to go, who to turn to, God is at work. And he wants you to trust him and say, God, I don't know why this happened, but I thank you. Because it means that you cared for me, and it means that you're working, and it means that you're up to something. Can you thank God for the boyfriend that dumped you? Can you? How about the boss that laid you off? Can you thank God for that? You know, we don't usually thank God for these things. What about for the dad that you wished you had but was never there? Do you thank God for that? Well, when you're able to do this, you're turning disaster into a stepping stone. You see, when you're able to thank God for things that you don't understand and trust God's mercy and say, God, this may appear bad, but God, I've heard from other people in church. See, this is where your faith starts getting built up. You hear testimonies of people that went through apparently bad situations, but God turned it for the good. And because of that bad, it's where you are right now. And you've seen God glorify himself in people that have held on to their faith. You know what? You say, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to trust you. I thank you, God, even though I don't understand it, but I'm trusting that you're at work. And it's a stepping stone, right? A lot of people get stuck when they question God and when they, when they start not understanding things, and instead of going into the presence of God and taking your burdens and saying, God, I don't understand, when you receive all that bad news and all that stuff going on, instead of getting down on your knees and worshiping God like Job did, you know, you start trying to fight your own fights in the physical. But when you trust God, it's a stepping stone into what God is about to do. And I declare in Jesus' name, there's people going through stuff that you don't understand. Get ready. As long as you're thankful for the God that you have that says that he holds you in the palm of his hand, that no one can touch you, no one can take you from him. If you put your faith in that God, it's just a stepping stone and you're going to get out of the pit. You see, if you were able to thank God for the boyfriend that dumped you, Later on, you'll be able to thank that boyfriend for being brave and ending a relationship that probably wasn't working. You can later thank the boss for firing you and forcing you to look at new challenges and new endeavors and starting your own business. Maybe God used that boss to get your butt out of that place because God wants to give you something better. And that's not just something that Christian people say. It's not a cliche. It's not something that when somebody loses their job, we tell them, hey, man, maybe God's up to something. When your car, you know, breaks down, saying maybe God wants to give you a new one. You, you need to believe that stuff because God works that way. And sometimes we're stubborn and we won't go to the dealer to get a new car. And God has to, you know, mess your car up so that you can jump out in faith. <laughs> yeah, you laugh because some of you guys experienced that, right? You can thank the absent father for the determination that God gave you because of what you experienced to be a different kind of father to your children. You see, sometimes we're handed things that we did not choose or we couldn't choose. Sometimes life throws us curveballs that we don't understand why they got there. And we think that, we even say this phrase often, life is unfair. Why is life so unfair? Why is God unfair? But if you're thankful and you change your strategy and you thank outside the box, then God could start doing some amazing things and turning stuff around because he's constantly working in our lives. When you can thank God in situations when others are questioning or complaining, 
that's when you know that you're thinking outside the box. Second verse I want to share with you, Psalms chapter 118, verse 24. I learned this verse back when I was in Miami Christian School in first grade. They used to make us recite this. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I hope I'm not disappointing anybody here, but Santa Claus does not exist. (laughs) For God, there's no such thing as a bad day. The same way that Santa Claus doesn't exist, there's no such thing as a bad day. You know, sometimes there's a lot of people that they consult horoscope and they see uh, according to how the stars align, you know, this is a day of favor. This is a day that I shouldn't do business. You know what? In God, we don't have any bad days. We may have challenging days that test our faith, that push us out of our comfort zone, and that sometimes help us see God more in the midst of that. Because sometimes God tries to get our attention through our challenges. If you're running too, too quickly because you're so blessed and you got so, money and so much money and you're making money and God's blessed you and now you stop coming to church and stop seeking God in the secret and God sometimes will cut off that source so that you can start turning to God because you just forgot him. So sometimes challenges come our way, but there is no such thing as a bad day for those who fear God. I wake up every morning and this is the verse that should be on your mind Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, January, February, December, 2017, 2000. Every single day, as long as you are alive, you should wake up. And no matter how many things you're going through in that situation, how many problems you had the day before, you get up and you declare, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. How many glad people are in this place? Yeah. There's some days that demand change in your normal way of life. They're challenging. It doesn't mean it's a bad day. A day is a gift. It's 24 hours that God gives us to turn things around. I came across a a story that I want to share with you guys. It's called Good News, Bad News. A certain man told his friend that his brother was working to get his pilot's license. And his friend said, oh, that's great. No, it wasn't great because the engine caught fire. Oh, that's terrible said the friend. No, it wasn't terrible because he had a parachute. Oh, that's good, answered his friend. No, it wasn't good because the parachute didn't open. Oh, that's awful, said the friend. No, it wasn't so bad because he had an emergency chute. Oh, that's good, his friend replied. No, it wasn't good because that one didn't open either. Oh, that's too bad, the friend said. No, it wasn't so bad because there was a haystack. Oh, that's great, said the friend. No, that's not so great because there was a pitchfork sticking up out of the hay. Oh, that's terrible. No, not really. He missed the pitchfork. Oh, good. No, it wasn't. He missed the haystack. (laughs) It's a funny way of proving that sometimes things that appear that are bad are not bad. And all of this happened in just, you know, it's a story about a guy falling down from, you know, a plane and, you know, his parachutes didn't open. But sometimes our story gets dragged out for weeks. And sometimes what you're living this week may appear to be bad, but in reality, it's not. God is working. And you see, as people of God, we need to understand that we are under God's protection. What God wants us to focus on, and we're going to read it in just a bit, is to make sure we're straight with God. 
Because as long as we're straight with God, man, God can do miracles in one day. Like we just finished declaring. He gives us courage. He removes all fear. We can put our, our trust in him and know for a fact that God will pull us out of any situation. But we need to make sure that we are straight with God and everything else God can work for the good of those who love God. Amen? So the question is, am I loving God? Am I in the place where I should be? Am I, am I thankful for everything? Am I thanking outside the box? And you read the Bible and there's people like Joseph. There's people like David that they knew that as long as they stayed true to God, he will make all things work for the good. I mean, David's life started amazing. I would have liked to have been David. I mean, at 17 years old, he already had defeated Goliath, right? He had killed a lion. I mean, he grabbed the lion's mouth and just tore it up. And a bear because they were trying to steal his sheep. I mean, these, at 17 years old, that's a pretty good resume. How many of you guys agree? I would have liked to have been David. And then he gets anointed on top of that. Anointed by the prophet to be the next king of Israel. Come on, he's just a youngster. But wait, after that came trials. And it seemed that everything was going backwards for him. If he didn't hold on to what God had promised him, he would have been discouraged. And he would have probably voided all of God's purpose and never walked into the purpose. Let me ask you something. What are, what's the dream that God has given you in your life? What has God spoken into you? What's God's purpose for you? And what are you doing to work towards that? Are you letting things sidetrack you? Are you letting sin keep you down? Are you letting stuff that's keeping you entertained and not helping you push through and believe God for the things that he's put in your heart? Because David went through all these things. And you, let's not just talk about David. What about Joseph? And the dream, you know, that all these stars were bowing down before him and that his parents were going to come to him and he was going to be a provider and help his parents and his kids and and he was just a teenager and the smallest one of all the kids and then he got sold as a slave got put into jail unjustly i mean you think that you're the only one that goes through situations sometimes but you need to understand that even in the midst of something it's part of god's plan to get you to where you need to be when you go through situations that you don't understand or stuff that sometimes you feel too weak or not able to overcome on your own, it teaches you how to be strong. God toughens you up because you need to be tough for when God takes you to be king and when God takes you to be second in charge to Pharaoh, you need to make sure that you've gone through your battles and you've overcome and that you're not a weakling. How many say amen? So when you're thankful, God, I don't understand why I'm in prison for holding my integrity and not wanting to sleep with this guy's wife. But God, you understand, I trust you, you are working. And sometimes that is so hard, but that's what thanking outside the box is like. Trusting God in the midst of stuff. And you got your own stories that are being shaped and that are being written right now. You got our, your own things that you're, you know, you're in the middle of this journey, right? And God wants to take you to places, trust me. And he probably has shared a little bit of where he wants to take you, and God's giving you word about what he wants to do with your life and how he wants to use you. But in the middle, as you're walking towards that destiny that God has prepared for your life, there's challenges. And you need to understand and believe God to the end. And last but not least, I want to share with you Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. I share this verse. I believe it was last Sunday morning. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. And I'm going to read off the NIV version. It says, therefore, 
Since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Come on, somebody tell somebody close to you, the kingdom that God has given us is an unshakable kingdom. No one can shake you from this kingdom. It's unshakable, right? And because we are receiving this kingdom, the author says, let us be what? Thankful. Everybody say thankful. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. So here the author is telling us that we belong to an unshakable kingdom. Isn't that amazing? No matter what happens, we know that we come out as winners. Imagine, how many of you guys used to watch wrestling back then? WWF, yeah, or still watching maybe some. I never was into that because I thought it's fake. But I had friends that were so into it. Look, oh my gosh. You know, when Hulk Hogan was there and you know, all these... I never was into because I'm like, it's fake. Why would you want to? It's fixed. If you go into a fight and it's already fixed, I mean, you're not worried about anything because it's fixed. Somebody already determined the winner. And you already know if you're going to be the winner or the loser. But God is telling us here that the fight's already fixed and we are on the winning team. Come on. So we've received this kingdom. It's unmovable. It's unshakable. We know who wins at the end. God wins. Satan goes to hell. We overcome. The author's saying that because of this revelation, because God already won in our life, let us be thankful. You see, when you know that your dad won, what is there to worry about? Our dad loves us. God loves us. I could be going through stuff, and I could just go to God. I go, God, help me in this I don't understand it. That's perfectly fine. You don't have to get it all. You just have to trust God. See, the Christian walk is a walk of faith. Have faith, believe that God is working, but trust him. And that's all God wants from us, to live a life of faith. Lord, I trust you. So I'm thankful. I'm thanking outside the box. When everybody is going crazy because they're losing their homes, I'm thanking God because his protection is over me. And even if I lose my home, I know that maybe God's planning to give me a better one. And even if something's going on, I'm trusting. I don't have to be doing life, running around like a chicken without a head, worrying and anxious. And what's going to happen with this? No, because I trust God that he is fighting for me. Because of this revelation, he's saying, let us be thankful. And you know what? There's, there's one way you can tell if someone is truly thankful. There's one thing that can tell me whether you're a grateful or an ungrateful person. And that word is worship. It says it here. I didn't make that up. We just finished reading it. Worship lets me know if you're a grateful person or if I am a grateful. It lets God know if I'm grateful, even in the midst of pain, even in the midst of situations that challenges us. And when I mean worship, I don't mean how cute you sing songs when you come to church. That's part of it. I, you know, when I sing to God, I worship God. I'm worshiping him. But here it says, worship God acceptably. Because there's a way that you could worship God that's not acceptable to God. But there's a way that is acceptable to God. And worship is not only singing from your soul when in problems. That's something that's beautiful, but that's not just all that encompasses worship. Worship is when you come and you bring your tithe and you honor God. That's part of worship too. Because sometimes we picture, we talk about worship and you just picture a piano 
right? Or if you're a guitarist, you put your guitar, or you're singing unto God in your shower. <laughs> God help us all. But you picture different, you know, depending who you are. But wait, anything that, that honors God is worship. When I come and bring my tithe, that's honoring God. That's why we call these worship services. I'm worshiping God just by showing up and showing up consistently. Hello? <laughs> and showing up punctually. That is worship. What is acceptable? Is my worship acceptable? Is what I come to offer God acceptable? Is it, or is it something that is convenient? It's either convenient or acceptable. So it's saying here, when I hear this word that acceptable or acceptably, that I have to worship God acceptably, it, the word standard comes to mind, right? There's standards that God expects of me. It's not if you worship, but how you worship. What kind of worship you're offering God. And what you think is worship might not be worship at all. And you may be thinking, well, what are God's standards for worship? And I want to finish off with this. In verse 28, let's read it again. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. Everybody say, with reverence and awe. What is reverence? Reverence is deep respect. Everybody say deep respect. I respect God. I'm going to worship him with reverence. It means that I'm going to be here every Sunday unless I'm with my family on vacations, but I'm here. This is, I respect God. It's not about the pastor. It's not even about, you know, if I'm serving and I have a department head that's telling me, look, you got to be here on time. Or No, no, no. This is about God. I come here, whether you're serving or whether you're attending service, to receive from God. It's like deep respect for God. I'm not going to take this lightly. I'm going to be here 52 Sundays of the year, unless I'm working, unless I have an emergency. But that's, that's reverence. I'm going to come and I'm, I'm going to honor God with my tithe because I have deep respect for God. And I'm going to be faithful. And I'm not going to do 48 weeks out of 52. I'm going to do 52 of 52. I'm going to worship and I'm going to come here punctually. I'm going to attend. I'm going to serve God with all my heart because that's reverence. It's deep respect. If somebody shoots you a text, say, good morning, <laughs> you know, be polite. I closed the deal just because I was being polite. I was selling this house, this flip that we were doing with a business partner that I had. And I remember that this realtor was interested. She had a buyer for this house and she was looking at two different houses and and I was just being polite. She said, thank you. I said, you're welcome. And just by being polite, she's like, not everybody does that nowadays. Thank you for responding. I'm like, of course. And we did the deal and we, we made good money out of that flip. If you see your leader walking down the hall, your apostle, greet your apostle. It's a way of honoring because, look, you, we don't see God, but God institutes, the Bible says, he instituted pastors, apostles, prophets, teachers, these are God's representation on earth. That's the way God wanted it to be. We're people with imperfections just like you, but in God's grace and in God's mercy, he set us here. We didn't choose ourselves, but you know, honor people. Be truthful to the people that God has put in front of you. Amen? Hold doors, guys, for the ladies. If we can't show reverence to those that we see, how can we revere 
he who we can't see. Sometimes we don't reverence God. We don't reverence the people that God has put to oversee your life and to pray after you. And then it says, not just reverence, but it finishes off with awe. And awe is a feeling of reverential respect. We were just talking about that. But mixed with fear and wonder. It's like, wow, I have deep respect for God. But at the same time, I I fear him. Not fear like I'm scared, but fear like I'm in awe of him. God is with me. I don't care what I'm going through. But God is going to get me through. That's why I'm going to keep coming to church. I'm going to keep serving. I'm going to keep believing. My faith is going to be unalterable because I know that God is working and he's up to something. And as long as I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, I will see the glory of God. I don't know how many stubborn people here have that faith, that unshakable faith that could believe no matter what you're going through, that God is going to get you out. You know, next time you see a challenge, maybe you're not going through a challenge right now, but the next time you come across one, whether it be in your relationship or whether it be in your money, just trust God and see it as an opportunity to thank outside the box and say, God, your word says in everything, give thanks. I thank you for this. I just lost something. I thank you, God, because something better is coming on its way, right? My boyfriend dumped me. Must not be the one. You're saving me from something, from a lot of heartaches later on in the future. Thank you, God. You know better. I trust you. And sometimes we, we're control freaks. That's the problem. We want to control everything. And we think we know it all. And God's up in heaven laughing and saying, if you would just trust me. I already went to the future in my DeLorean and I came back. I saw everything that happened. That's not the guy for you. It's not the time for you. I got better things for you. If you could just trust me, And thank me in the midst of this. I'm actually doing you a favor. And you see, the people of Revelation, the people that seek God, the people that pray, sometimes in a moment of prayer, God can just shift you. And you could be burdened by 10,000 things that that are weighing on your shoulder. And you could just pray to God and, and God just removes it. You stand up from that prayer time and you walk like you're more than a conqueror. Even though the problem's still there. But in your mind and inside of you, God shifted something. God's looking for people that are willing to thank outside the box. And if you want to be more like Jesus and thank outside the box, you must be willing to, number one, give thanks in every situation. Tell the person next to you, come on, help me review everything we've covered today. Tell them, you got to thank God in every situation, no exceptions. Number two, you got to give thanks every day because every day is a gift. If you messed up last week, if you had a bad day or a challenging day, you know what? God gives you another opportunity. Every day you wake up, it's a new opportunity to recover, right? To give God thanks, to see God's glory in your life. We talked a little bit about Joseph's life, but his life after the dream was treacherous. It was not good. (laughs) If you look at it humanly, I mean, everything went wrong for this guy. But there was one day that everything just shifted from one day to the other. And you see, the type of God that we serve, he sometimes has a sense of humor in how he does things. You could be going 30 years living a horrible life or leaving challenges after challenges, and in just one day, God could just flip the switch, and that's it. It's glory of God. So we need to trust him. And last but not least, let your worship show how thankful you are. Don't Tell God how much you love him. Show him how much you love him. 
Show them with your commitment. Show them with your thankfulness, how much you trust them with your money. And you say, you know, I, I trust God. I come to church whenever I can. No, no. Committed. I, I trust you, God. And I know that if I tithe and I'm, if I'm obedient, my money situation is going to be safe in your hands. It's protected. You're going to take care of me and my family. Nothing's going to lack because I'm trusting you with my finances. I'm going to come and I'm going to serve you and I'm going to serve you faithfully. I'm not going to miss a Sunday. I'm going to come here and I'm going to get involved. I'm going to do the forward movement because I want to grow. Ask the person close to you, how's your worship? Because if there's one thing that could show or prove to God if we're really thankful and we really thank outside the box, it's how we worship we just sang a little while ago, he laid down his life so we can be set free, right? Beautiful song. It took sacrifice, though. He set us free, but it cost him his life. The question now is, are you willing to lay down your life so that God could use it to set other people free? I'm going to say it again because I don't know if all of you guys caught it. <laughs> you guys are, I have blank looks looking at me. But the same way God send Jesus for him to give his life so that you could be set free. Are you willing to lay down your life so that others could be set free? Are you willing to serve God wholeheartedly and be all in? I'm going to ask you guys just to bow your heads. You don't even have to get up today. Just bow your heads right there where you are. And I want to challenge you today if God has spoken to you in any way and he's shown you that you there's still, and I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up, that there's still <laughs> a ways to go to be able to be thankful to God. If there's certain situations where you question God or you even complain and say, God, why did this happen? Why did you allow this? And instead of giving thanks in everything, your thankfulness is very conditional. But if God challenged you today, Especially the people that are going through stuff right now that you can't control. And you're praying to God to do something. And you know what? If you want to just surrender to God and tell him, Lord, I just want to be able to trust you in all. And I'm going to start to thank you outside the box. I'm going to start to thank you even when I don't understand. Thank you in what appears to be bad or negative situations that are around me. Thank you when... Instead of going forward, it appears that we're going backwards, but I'm going to thank you, God. And if that's you, I just want you to raise your hand, and I want to pray over you. I want to pray over you because God's going to set people free today. Maybe even the way that you were looking at situations is what's holding you back from all that God has prepared for your life. If Joseph and King David wouldn't have been grateful in trusting God and everything that they were going through, if they would have complained, just like the people of Israel did, if they would just started questioning God and stuff, they never would have gone, David would have never gone to be king, and Joseph would have never been second in charge in Egypt. You could be undermining your own destiny when you don't think outside the box, when you can't see beyond the obstacles and say, God, thank you. I don't understand, but I don't have to because I trust you. And I know that the kingdom that you have given me is a kingdom that's unshakable. So let me see the hands of those that want to say, God, I want to start being thankful. I want to start to thank outside the box. Not like everybody else does, God. I want to I thank you, even when I don't understand. 
Father God, as you see every single hand going up right now in this auditorium, God, I pray that you give people faith. I, I pray, God, that you will call them into a deeper relationship so that you would reveal why it is that you allow certain things, God, to happen in their life that apparently are bad. But God, as we read your word and as we dive deeper into understanding you and getting to know you, we see that, God, even in the things that appear to be bad, you're working, that all things, good and bad, work together for those who love God. And because we love you, because we seek you, because, God, our worship is how we show you, God, that we're thankful and that we, God, are grateful towards you. God, we are going to be committed to serving you. We're going to be committed, God, to coming here. We're going to be committed to tithing, committed, God, to laying our lives so that others would be set free the same way that you laid your life so that we could be set free. God, we thank you so much. And our hands lifted up to the sky is a sign that we're ready to take our faith to another level. We're ready to do things, God, like we've never done. We're ready to cut off all questioning. We're ready to cut off every single comment, God, that we've that's come out of our mouth and to just trust you wholeheartedly. And we're ready to walk into our destiny by the power of Jesus Christ because you said and you declared in your word that the fight is fixed, that we have already overcome, and that your kingdom is unshakable. In Jesus' name, we believe this. Amen. Amen. Come on, stand into your feet and give God praise in this house. Let's go.